happy to watch it for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get it straight. It's not good. No, I mean, no, it's not good. Nothing groundbreaking. It's just, it was pleasant. There's something about Sweden. Oh, yeah. That's the follow-up to There's Something About Mary. <laughs> there is something about Sweden. There's something Oops. about Sweden. <clears throat> it's okay. Land of the majestic moose. Yeah. Land of many majestic things. My sister was once bitten by a moose. Are we ready? Moose bites can be pretty nasty, mind you. Is that a yes? Oh, yeah. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Episode 161. Yeah, is this one? Yeah, that's right. We went over it last it week. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we're both doing well, and it's a Friday night, and we are cramming one in. I have a big <laughs> cram. I have a big smile on my face because we just got to watch a video that is nothing remarkable about it, but there's something about the Nordic people that just for some reason puts a smile on my face. Well, and you came in smiling. I, I kind of did, yeah. Did but you listen to this on the way here? I did, and a couple of other things, too. That oh, okay. kind of made me laugh, yeah. Okay, well, good. Yeah. Good, I'm glad to hear it. If you have not read the title, if this has just random, randomly popped up, uh, the song that we are doing today is The Final Countdown by the band Europe. The guts you have to have to have a, a band called Europe. And be from Europe. And be from Europe. Like as if they're representative of the whole continent. Yeah. I mean, are they? No. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't, I think I don't really think so. They could be, um, they could be representative of the, of the Nordic states of which they are from. Mm. Specifically, they're from Sweden. But if you want to lump them all together, you could say, oh yeah, that band Europe from the northern regions of Europe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that would fit. If you if they wanted to call themselves Viking or something, I think there's already a Viking. I'm not sure. I don't know if there was at the time, but I would I would not be surprised if there was. Yeah. Um, say you're not familiar with the band Europe, and I'll say, yeah, okay, that tracks. Why would you be? This was really their own major, only real major hit. In they the United another States. Song called, yes, yeah. I mean, they're huge in Sweden. Mm-hmm. They had another minor hit with a song called Rock the Night, which they originally wanted to be the... Uh, the lead single from this, but they had signed to a label Epic, uh, who was like, no, we're doing the final countdown, which looking back at it, seems like a terrible and a great idea. <laughs> Somehow they pulled it off. Somehow it worked. Yeah. Uh, formed in 1979 in Uplands Vosby. I'm going to mispronounce all kinds of crazy shit in this oh episode. Boy. All sorts of umlauts and other little oh. signals over the <laughs> over the consonants and vowels of these words. There's umlauts aplenty. All kinds of mispronunciations in episode 161. This is the this is the Oprah Winfrey of umlauts. <laughs> you get a umlaut, you get an umlaut, everybody gets an umlaut. Um, lead vocalist Joey Tempest who is also I mean that name is just absolutely incredible. Um, Lead lip balm smoke spokesman for the band. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, his real name is Rolf Magnus Joachim Larson. Of course so, it is. You know, 
let's not uh, let's not get carried away here let's and think get, that it's his birth name. Get caught up in the tempest, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then uh, there's a couple of other members. John Norum, who is the guitarist. Mm. Um, John, uh, or I'm sorry, Tony Reno, and Peter Olson. Which tracks? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Major breakthrough in Sweden in 1982 um, by winning a televised competition. Rock SM hmm. was what it was called. I wonder what SM stands for. <laughs> Don't think we want to know. Um, and then, you know, they put out a couple of albums. Who cares? <laughs> um, gradually yeah. getting a little bit bigger. They were signed to a, a Swedish label. And then once they started kind of grab, grabbing some, uh, you know, some bigger and bigger crowds at their concerts, um, they put out their third studio album called the final countdown Countdown. and the cover looks as cheesy as it just close your eyes and think of cheesy 80s album cover and that's it it's them floating uh in the 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 ether isn't it like their heads it's their head it's like it it looks like maybe shards of glass or playing cards they're poofy poofy hair with their face on there yeah floating in the ether and uh a font that Looks like the font that the crow was written in. No, 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 Mark. It that's officially called Trapper Keeper font. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. That is what. Can it you is. put that in Trapper Keeper? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Um, the this was their first record, as I mentioned, on Epic in 1986, and peaked at number eight on the U.S. Billboard 200 charts. This album did. The song. Uh, well, it's about as ubiquitous as it fucking gets. Kind of. What do you mean, kind of? I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious, Mark. It's as ubiquitous for mid-80s as you can possibly be. Although there is, when you really get down to it, there can be a debate for that. But whenever, if, if Mark, you don't have to play an instrument or have any real musical knowledge to be able to go, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, and everybody immediately knows what you're doing. Yeah, how insane to, to do that. Uh, the keyboard part, you would say maybe it was written by the keyboard player, but it wasn't. Nope. The keyboard player lent a keyboard to singer Joey Tempest. Mr. Lip Gloss himself. Who decided to fiddle fuck around with it and wrote this. So if you ever feel like you can't do something. He diddled on his piddle. Just, just look at this guy and realize that he wrote that that lick. Mm. Um, and are you surprised the song was a big hit? Well, so are they. It was quite a surprise that the song The Final Countdown became such a big hit because it was written for the band. It was written for our concert. It was written to be the opening song in our concert. It's like, uh, it's a KFC, it's a Taco Bell. It's a combination (laughs) KFC and Taco Bell. It was written for the band, it was written for our concert, it was written for the band's concert. Yeah, we fucking know. It was almost six minutes long. It was never intended to be a short pop hit or anything. It was very much a surprise and it's been used for all kinds of events. Anything from Formula One to boxing. It's been used for a lot, sort of like an anthem. I know there's been some cover versions of it as well, and I know when the Berlin Wall fell at the same time that all the things happened, oh. I know a lot of other people from the area saw the song as an anthem. I get a lot of letters about it, so it's been interpreted in many ways. So, I mean, you know, we um, we laugh a lot at these songs um, and at this stuff in general, but, you know, we'll never write a fucking anthem that hundreds or thousands of people as they're breaking down the Berlin Wall say thank you for this anthem i'm not dead yet and they could rebuild that wall damn it 
That's fair. Okay. Could be in our future, Mark. When you're right, you're With right. With the revamping of the Cold War heating back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything, anything's possible in today's Heating up world. the Cold War. Heating up don't the Cold War. Don't you mean War. chilling out the Cold War? No, Mark. Wouldn't, wouldn't no. that have to freeze off? I don't. Oh, okay. That's what I want to say. That's fine. I say the Cold War heats up, damn it. Uh, says I. And that's fine. Yes. Uh, we did watch the music video for this. It is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is not a surprise it's to great. either of us. It's great if you lived through that time and you can kindly look back at it and laugh. Mm. It's really bad if you're a kid probably and going, what in the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this song went to number one in the UK and number eight in America. Uh, it was number one in 26 countries, including Germany. And over 8 million singles were sold worldwide. Why doesn't that shock me? I myself have covered this. I believe I was, I, 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 we covered this song in Let's Go Exploring. Yep. And, uh, you know, I definitely opened my eyes to the lyrics, um, which are not, uh, which are just kind of dumb. Yeah, they really are. It's funny, in the Wikipedia <sighs> article, it says that this song was initially inspired by Space Oddity. Which is... So depressing. It is completely considering that's an incredibly good song. I have it on good authority that David Bowie read this Wikipedia article and killed himself. And that's really what happened. He didn't get cancer. Get revealed in he, 2016. He found out in 2016 or whenever he died yeah. that this happened and, uh, and, and was just like, fuck this. Yeah. I cannot it's, be part if, of this. It's not the same song at all if you're just listening to the songs. And in reality, uh, lyrics kind of have nothing to do with it either. So where they're pulling that out from, I have no idea. Now, they did in later portions of their career, and by I mean recently, this band is still together, still active, still working. Tempest is out there applying lipstick all over the world. Mm. And it's, uh, it's amazing to think that in 2017, they wrote what they considered to be the sequel to the final countdown on, on an album called Walk Off the Earth. The song's called Pictures. And I listened to it, Mark, and that is a dead ringer for Space Oddity. Oh, really? It is. It's like the same song with the slow buildup and everything and the acoustic guitar at the beginning. It's the same thing. This song, Final Countdown, has nothing, in my opinion, to do with Space Oddity. No, I mean, the only thing... And he does say that it kind of like just made him interested in space and singing about space or whatever, which they do have that in common, and... The likeness ends there. Yeah. Uh, someone in space talking to someone else, whether they be uh, ground control or uh, Major Tom or Major or Oli, just someone recording their own voice for posterity. Blender listed this song as the 27th worst song ever, and both VH1 and Blender included it uh, at at number 16 on the list of the most awesomely bad songs. Dot dot dot. Ever, mm, which is why we pay attention to lists. VH1 ranked it at number sixty-six on their list of the best hard rock songs of all time. So, uh, a couple of people hate it. A couple of people love it. It is one of those songs that's fun to hate, that you love to hate and hate to love. Yeah, exactly. That that man, you just wrapped the song up right there in that line. Well, it really, that's what I'm here for. That's I, I think everybody, everybody I've ever known has the same attitude towards this song. Yeah, I, uh, I was thinking about it on the way over here. I was kind of going to save this for the end of the episode, but it has that feeling of the person at the end of the race that's coming in last that everyone stuck around to cheer for. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And I think it's very funny because the song is used as an opening for their sets or was anyway. I don't know. Nowadays, you have to imagine 
that they use it for the end. Right. Because everybody wants to stick They're around probably to open watch with it. rain is a good thing now these days, <laughs> given that country music has <laughs> taken over in Sweden. Um, but, you know, I think it's very funny that the final countdown <laughs> is being used as the opening. Mm. Um, very funny. They say that they don't even rehearse it live anymore. I believe that. Rehe- um, they don't even rehearse it anymore. They just go and do it. Mark. Because they must have played the song more times than I've taken a shower. They are. They, they had not to, to say. Have... Hold on, just real quick. <laughs> not to, that's not to say that I don't shower. Okay, what I'm saying is, I take a shower 360 days a year. There may be like a couple of lazy days that I don't mm. take a shower. So this is not to say that I don't shower much. It's to say that they play it a lot. And you know they're Swedish, so they rehearse. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. So you're showering and uh, Swedish rehearsals probably go hand in hand as far as timeliness goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joey <laughs> Tempest said, I wanted to make a combination of guitars and keyboards. And he did. Lo and behold. <laughs> and wow. This hey, Joey, congratulations, buddy. I'm, and look, I'm not to toot your own horn, but you threw some drums in there and some bass guitar and some vocals. So. It's Way a song go. that we would play at the beginning because it was a beginning where we played the song. Uh, wanted to have a song with guitar. and The guy is the king of the obvious. Yeah. Yes, Joey Tempest. Um, they also liken this to the Number of the Beast album by Iron Maiden I because it has that gallop. Don't hear that. I mean, you know, it's just it's solely based on a dun 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 dun, dun, dun gallop thing. Yeah, but the... Like run for the hills. There's or so whatever. much more danger and edge to run for the hills. Oh, or Number absolutely. Of the Beast. It's so much more... Uh, it, uh, I lo- I don't know how you feel about them. I love Iron Maiden. I mean, I think they're good. Yeah. Uh, I've never been like nuts about them, but uh, I like them. It just doesn't. They don't equate as the same thing. Now they did come from the same time period. Mark, I don't know if you were aware of a thing called the new wave of British heavy metal that came out in. Um, you okay? Yeah. That came out in the late. I was 70s. stifling a yawn. I was but you, about you to say. Blew my. I blew, blew my cover. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow your stifle. Um, there was this thing called the new wave of heavy metal that came out in the uh, uh, late 70s, early 80s with bands like the completely awesome Welsh band Budgie, Diamond Head, of course, a huge influence mm-hmm. on Metallica, and uh, eventually bands like uh, um, Scorpions and um, and this band as well. I guess you could say Scorpions weren't necessarily British, but uh, the British bands kind of, this is where everything came out of. Um, and they gave us bands like, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, another one that goes along with that, British Steel. What's his name? Rob Halford. Judas Priest? Yeah. They were along that those lines. That gave us the, um, oh, good, good Lord, everything's just running right out of my head as I'm thinking of it. Uh, Iron Maidens and stuff like that, the galloping stuff that you're speaking yeah. of. And, uh, and, and they, in turn, influenced... The Scorpions, which gave us stuff like the Michael Schenker group and uh, the wonderful guitarist Yuli John Roth, and uh, which in turn uh, inspired this. I'm just going, you know, picking where, up, tracking all. Where does Engwe Malmsteen fit in? He does fit in in that one of the bassists that played with Europe left the band to go play with Rising Force, which was Yingui's backing band. There you go. Yeah, I mean, well, they are Swedish. They are. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, this, this, this band has the stench of mid '80s and crappy furniture all over it. We, uh, <clears throat> we get a little opening with this alarm sounding thing. <laughs> 
corner, letting you know that it, we fucking mean business. We're going into DEFCON 5. Yeah, and then we get that fucking fateful keyboard part. diddly do. I'm not going to do the whole thing because I don't fucking care enough. It, this song does go on for quite a while until we get into any lyrics. Boy, does it. Um, again, made for the opening for a show, so I guess it's just kind of like to set the mood and uh, and get them all ready. you got to give time for that one lighting guy to get to each individual camera and each individual fire pot and set them off. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in those days where... People's only, hair would get caught on fire. You could only hire one tech, uh, stage technician at a time. Yeah, back in the brown M&M's days. <laughs> We're leaving together, but still it's farewell. And maybe we'll come back to Earth who can tell. I guess there is no one to blame. We're leaving ground. Leaving ground. Will things ever be the same again? It's the final countdown. And the the chorus is just the words. It's the final countdown. It's the final countdown. I've always prided prided myself. Is is that right? Prided Prided myself on the fact that I could kind of emulate Joey Tempest pretty well. Let me hear it again. It's the final countdown. Yeah, that's good. Um. Well, I'm glad he's got somebody to go and launch off, rocket off into the stratosphere with him because they're leaving together. Now, Mark, th- this begs the question right from the get-go. Are we talking about two astronauts strapped into a cast- capsule heading off into space on the, on the tip of a rocket flying at 1,000 miles an hour, or are we talking about two love-struck losers dreaming of going to space? Well, I mean, I think we're definitely talking about what seems to be the end of earth mm-hmm. um are we talking about two people five people a hundred people we don't know and i don't think they ever really give us a whole lot of information um you know maybe through reading these lyrics we'll be able to glean uh from them what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. uh but all we really know now is <laughs> we're leaving together some amount of people but still it's farewell um, Did he think he was being clever with that? I think so. I think he was like, oh, we're leaving together, but still it's farewell. Who is it farewell to us, to each other? Are we going off in our separate rockets? Or are we just saying bye to the earth? I think it's bye bye to the earth. I think so too. Um, and maybe we'll come back to earth. Who can tell? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, maybe you. Um, and I mean, if, if you're, you know, depending on what it is that's happening you're not really giving us much information but if you have to guess then probably not yeah (laughs) maybe maybe swedish mission control is sending a la elon musk sending a mannequin in a tesla flying through the universe for infinity is uh, is designed for one-way trips and and you're not supposed to get your nordic person back yeah maybe i don't know i mean we're talking about you know Swedish space. Swedish Swedish space space? exploration. What happened there, Mark? (laughs) Did you just have a stroke? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that's fine. Blood pressure. I'm not coming. Um. So, but there's nobody to blame. No. No. Yeah, and that's the thing. I guess there's no one to blame. Well, 
Again, we're, we're not really getting any information. I know. <laughs> there's, I guess there's no one to blame. Well, why Why do you say that? Why does this situation... Sounds like someone who's probably to blame. Why is there a... No, I have a question. Why is there... Why out of this situation are we assessing blame? Well, because... Is there a need for it? I mean, I would think so. You would? Well, I mean, I don't... We're, we're to the point now where we've got to leave Earth. The fact that... Are, that is sucks. he saying the fact that we might not come back, there's somebody to blame because of that? Somebody on Earth didn't do their job? Well, I mean, or they ruined the Earth. I mean, this was 1986. Is, are you going to cling to that, that this is like... The, it's a common thing to see now in movies. We've ruined the Earth. We're leaving. We're going off like lost the new version of Lost in Space. You know, every other Prometheus, stuff like that. But back then, in 1986, when this came out, was that, was that you know, a, a topic? Was that we're killing the Earth? Is that something that's going to pop up? Especially... In that, that that didn't have any part to Space Odyssey, did it? No. no I mean, um, well, I to... mean, so Space Odyssey or Space Odyssey, Space Oddity was about leaving Earth and then getting lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not necessarily, it, you know, there was nothing in there that was like we need to leave Earth or we knew why mm-hmm. they were leaving. But there is something about this song, and maybe it's from like something that. Um, we'll find out in the lyrics later on, um, or from, you know, things that the band members have said, Mm. but basically that the earth has been spent and that we needed to go and find another place to, to crash for the night. This is like a, it's like a drunk boyfriend that screamed a little too loud and had to go and find a couch to crash on. Just trying to find his way to the couch. Yeah. Before he passes out. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's, uh, I, I think that that is what we've got going on here. Much in his desire to overstate the obvious, he in the sixth line of this song is telling us that we are leaving ground, which is a tad bit redundant uh, to throw that in there. Maybe he just needed it for meter purposes. I don't know, but it makes it makes the first verse a lot more stupid. Yeah, and I mean, and does. and leaving ground mm-hmm. is that the, that sentence just bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, you could have picked something more exciting to say. We're blasting off. We're flying into the you know, and we're we're traveling a thousand miles an hour. Something. There's know. yeah. There's something about this song and about um, like the stoicism that 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 they're trying to kind of get a, get, get across here really? that really irks me. <laughs> <laughs> like, will things ever be the same again? No. I think it's just that you're you're saying you might not come back to fucking Earth. No, things will never be the same. What what the fuck? Why are you even entertaining that possibility? No, as a matter of fact, you, that's a good point you make, Mark. A lot of people in modern culture see 1969 with the Apollo 11 mission as a turning point. You know, there was a time that we were on the moon. And there was a time that we weren't on the moon, you know, right. and and that was kind of there was there was before and after. So I think just about any time that you blast off in, into space, you're not going to be different after that in any way. There's something about the line. I guess there's no one to blame that really that, it, it that really makes me think this guy fucked up. <laughs> that really made <laughs> makes me think that this guy like pushed a wrong button or like did something. and was like, well. Uh, who's to blame? Well, let's just go ahead and get out of here. I, I think it's more like, hey guys, I fucked up with my girlfriend, but I want to don't want to make it the topic of the whole song. Just one line. Yeah, yeah, maybe. 
Uh, then we get the second verse. Oh, we're heading for Venus. Venus. And still we stand tall. Because maybe they've seen us. And welcome us all. Yeah. With so many light years to go. And things to be found. To be found. I'm sure that we'll all miss her so. It's the final countdown. There's a lot of like them and her and they. <laughs> just a lot of just like. That's not good. Fucking weird pronouns. Yeah. Obscure pronouns. Getting, and by obscure, I mean. Getting bandied about. I mean like, like they cast a broad net. He's never they whenever you notice whenever people use those words, they never narrow the topic down. They never narrow the subject down. They're just trying to win you over with uh with a snazzy keyboard solo. Right. <clears throat> now, Mark, the first line tells yes, me Seth. that he does not know that much about space or about our solar system. Because Venus is one of the most uninhabitable planets on the in the solar system of the nine. Or eight, however you choose to look at it, mm -hmm. it is. It's it's extremely hot. It's a white hot planet. Um, there, virtually nothing could ever ever survive there. Yeah, yeah. So we're heading to Venus. Yeah, bad move. Strange move. Yeah, closer to the sun. Uh, it's supposed to be. I mean, kind of considered like the sister planet to Earth, only in size, mm. but uh, constant acidic rain. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. And and if they get that much closer. All that Aquanet in their hair is going to immediately go up. <laughs> They're going to have a Michael Jackson moment. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I did find on Song Facts, this song's lyric is both apocalyptic and optimistic, describing a trip into space heading for Venus and leaving Earth behind. Mm. Um, a better chance that he's not coming back, like you said. quote from Joey Tempest, the music was almost like a soundtrack to a movie about leaving Earth and that the Earth was spent, and one day we'll probably have to leave this place. It was kind of like a dreamlike lyric, but that was the backdrop for it. So from Joey Tempest himself, letting us know that this is uh, all about fucking over the earth. I mean, not necessarily like a greenhouse gases thing necessarily, mm. but maybe just overpopulation. Things that back then we thought was going on, you know, that were like big issues. But now I do blame climate change on one too many Volvos. Yeah. 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 So it's all their fault, Mark. Well, um, I don't want to solely blame them. I do. Okay. I can't stand the Scandinavians. Man. What What is it about them? I just, I don't like them. Why? I don't know. I think if it's, if you total it all up, the, the derivative music, the, the sensible cars and footwear, the crappy furniture, I don't know. <laughs> it's an I'm Ikea sure. thing. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It really is. I hate Ikea. I, 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 I'm all joking aside. I'm not an Ikea fan. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. How do you feel about the song "Date with IKEA"? That's different. Okay, I actually that's isn't that a Spiral Stairs song? It well, is. As we go off here for a second, yeah. This oh, by the way, this album was recorded in Zurich, which is stained, which is stained. Yes, uh, a little pavement side there for you. As two um, I do think nuts. it's funny. <laughs> there are two genius annotations for the song, and still we stand tall. Says if one could stand on the surface of Venus, it would be somewhat easier to stand tall as Venus's gravity is 90% of earth's want to lose 10% of your body weight, move to Venus. Maybe you'll see the guys from Europe there. If you don't burn up the other one is 
with so many light years to go. This is an incredible scientific inaccuracy. Venus is at almost or at most 162 million miles away from uh, Earth or 0. 0.000028 light years, which is not much. The in distance terms of is space. far too short to be considered many light years. But in the song, it goes to illustrate the uh, perceived length of the journey and grandness of the scale of leaving Earth. So what's art without a little hyperbole? Here's the source of the info, since people seem to want that. So a couple of uh, a couple of interesting, I guess, semi-interesting facts there. Sort of. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that we're heading, we're heading for Venus and still we stand tall. I guess they're trying to say, like, even though we're, like, even though we're going to Venus, we stand tall, which I don't know exactly what that means, because to say and and still we stand tall is to say, like, Venus is lesser than or maybe they know that they're going to burn alive as soon as they get there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you might you'd probably you'd have a better chance surviving on the moon i would think you would in the tradition of always giving these lyricists a break at least once in one of our episodes you could say that he's saying and still we stand tall in spite of us having to leave a wrecked earth heading off closer to the sun here we are we're forging off into space so maybe we could give him a little bit of a break i'm not sure i don't want to but just for one second so now we're getting into some serious speculation, but then because maybe they've seen us. So we're talking about aliens, right? I don't know. Maybe it's big brother. I mean, if we're talking about aliens and because the reason we're standing tall is because maybe they've seen us. Mm. I mean, I don't want to like pick on them too much about their English because obviously they're Swedish and English is a second language to them, I'm sure. Still, we stand tall because maybe they've seen us and welcome us all <laughs> is such a weird fucked up. Uh, so we're standing tall because the aliens may seen us, <laughs> may, may see us, and they will welcome us all because we're standing tall? They They don't know how the aliens feel about uh about them if they if imagine just imagine for a second that the dragons. aliens that, imagine dragons mark <laughs> imagine that the aliens have seen them and you're aware that they've seen you but how do you get an indication of how the aliens feel about you they could you know they could be ambivalent about you you know are we going to go down there do and they take hate this thing over? do they hate bad posture do they i i, I don't are they like these fucking Earthlings, do they hate They're reindeer? Just slouching. I don't know. Yeah, stand up tall, or else I won't welcome you all. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, I don't, it, I don't understand what would give them, you know, rise. What would give them urgency to all of a sudden have to stand tall, or maybe, hey, maybe we should, you know, get low, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and huddle up because here come these aliens that could kill us. How do they know what's going on in the minds of the aliens? So I, I guess we can only just imagine that maybe uh, dragons uh, that maybe they've had some uh, some communication with aliens, maybe or maybe they're just guessing that there's aliens out there that are uh, doing their thing. I can see why the aliens might want to land in Sweden. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, the aliens don't want to land. I mean, we're leaving. 
We're done with Sweden. Or the aliens might want to meet Swedish people first. Imagine, I don't know. Imagine this world where Earth isn't the problem, but Sweden. They're just so <laughs> done with Sweden. They're like, we're getting the fuck out of yeah. here. Listen, we're going to fucking Venus. We'll come land on your planet and give you all the secrets to life and how to grow things and how to live together in peace. You just got to get rid of all the Swedes. With so many light years to go and things to be found, what things are there to be found? Mark, you got to blast off into space. You got to get Rocks? out there in your. I mean, I don't mean to like make. I mean, I guess you know. I guess it's fucking. It's space, man. I guess there's things to be found. You got to, but there's a lot of vastness. Get into your Audi rocket and go out there and find out. I'm sure that we'll all miss her. So yeah. Earth. I don't know, Mark. It's they always. It's it's a hair metal band, dude. It's a hair metal band. They're always going to relate back to to females. Okay. They well, are. I guess Earth is kind of like a a boat. You just automatically refer to it as as a female. Kind of. I mean, yeah. We, and that's it. Mother Earth, Mark. Yeah. I, mommy I Earth. about your mother? I, I call her Mommy Earth. You do? Okay. And Daddy Time. Mm. He's brutal. Yeah, he is. Undefeated, they say. Mm. Uh, what do you think of this guitar solo? Don't laugh. I kind of like it. It's good. I, I kind of like it. I mean, lot. my man's shredding. <laughs> yeah, and he puts this, and especially he's really shredding through it. And it's your typical Michael. Sch- it says in the Wikipedia that they are inspired by Michael Schwenker, Schwenker, who I used to call it, Michael Schwenker, and and he was a member of the Scorpions. And he did have more imaginative of the metal solos. He was kind of good, and uh, the, and you can definitely tell that this guitar player is influenced by him. And and really, Mark, at the very end of the solo, he puts this really weird three licks on the end that you just don't, that we're like, huh, that's something odd that you don't hear very often. And it kind of sounded cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is kind of repetitive, but I mean, when you're doing that stuff, like, I mean, just, he's shredding. It's easy to get lost, though. you know. And uh, yeah, and then we get the, you know, it does the breakdown with the keyboard part again. And then we get the outro, man. And I mean, like, it's just the final countdown over and over again. Now, we have to mention again. something about the music in this outro. This is where this serious, serious drone takes over the song. Did you notice that? It just kind of goes... Uh, throughout the whole throughout the whole second half of the song no like where the outro starts are you yeah. sure that's not just tinnitus no no it's in the song mark it's not, okay it's not me mark it's not me projecting my difficulties or deficiencies onto the song difficulties i'm having a difficulty with assault um <laughs> i yeah uh it, it's just like a drone list give it a listen when you're editing you'll hear it man it's i will there. it's there i will um yeah, and the music video version has a little bit of a different uh, a different ending uh, where the final countdown starts counting down on the screen um, and the, the, the album version just fades out. Let's talk about the music video a little bit. Okay, so uh, real quick, are, yeah. we gonna, are we even going to bother with that last chorus? No, who gives no, a fuck? Yeah, exactly. I Thank mean, you. he, I he does, that. you know, we're leaving together. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess they're, they're leaving to go to Venus where they're going to fucking catch on fire immediately. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and repopulate Venus, but they're going to turn to ashes pretty much as soon as they get there. And they're, they're fucking stupid. <laughs> they should have gone to Venus. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing going to fucking Venus? I don't know that there's any way that you can terraform Venus to make it so it's livable uh, for us, but probably not. Um, it This is fucking... I don't know why they chose Venus. I guess just because... 
it's close to Earth. Does it fit the rhyme scheme? I don't Why not think Mars? It does. Yeah, Mars. Much better choice. <laughs> I mean, also hard to live on. Or the moon, which is at least floating around us. Kind of close. Yeah, this doesn't have to be more that visible. Difficult. We've already been there by 86. How many people are going? Is it just the band? <laughs> You're just going to go up there. And are you bringing a U-Haul, carrying all that furniture with you? <laughs> What's going on? Um. Yeah. How are we? Where are we going to bring all these umlauts? How are we going to get all the umlauts? All there? you Swedes, you have to leave your skis at home. <laughs> yeah. No skiing uh, for you on no planet on Venus. On, no. on planet Venus. Uh, <clears throat> Mark, the music video is dog shit. It is really holy bad. god. It's almost got like a Spinal Tap quality to it. To it. Did you get that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the the explosions at the beginning. I mean, you think that maybe any second there a, a small Stonehenge is going to be lowered onto the stage. And just the dancing, the hair, the stereotypical drummer wearing shorts. It just fits into every... Drummers got to wear shorts. They do. Uh, it's just... It, it fits into... It's just nothing really that creative about it. Oh, you do get uh, so, sort of, you know... I, how would you describe them? Attractive views of the Swedish topography. Yeah. You know, you see some of the wetlands, the uplands, the Volvo dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do. The music video, this is from uh, Song Effects. The music video is very meta, showing the band being <laughs> filmed for a video. On May 26th and 27th, 1986, Europe played at the Solnaholland Arena near Stockholm, footage of which was compiled for a home video called The Final Countdown Tour 1986. During these shows, director Nick Morris filmed the band being filmed, which was used for the music video to the song. Uh, when we spoke with Morris, he explained that the first concept for the video was a space shuttle launch, but that was too much money. Not in the budget. So they decided yeah, to go ahead and cut right it. Away. Since the band enthralled crowns and crowds in their native Sweden, he asked to do the video at the Solna Holland shows with a control room scene from the Beatles movie, A Hard Day's yes. Night, serving as inspiration. Uh, a lot of clocks, a lot of counting down a lot of attractive women at the guardrail in front of the stage singing along yeah mouthing so, the final count old tempest is doing something right I mean. <laughs> morris was able to show uh europe on a grand scale wowing their adoring fans the various clocks countdowns and equipment that came with the production not only gave it gravitas what okay okay but also <laughs> fit the theme of the song which is you know counting down yes <laughs> Going from one time to another time. Going from five to zero. Yeah. In a backward fashion. Yeah. And, you know, the obvious. The final countdown being a six minute plus song is definitely irony. Uh, You know, when, 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 when are you done? When is it over? Never. Like all you're doing is talking about countdown. Yeah. At the end. Because the the clock counting down does come at the end. Um, So. I'm sorry. Five minute. It does give change. you. Uh, it does give you something to look forward to. It's not a good video. No, it's not. But I mean, Mark, I was going to say something else about this song. Um, it's. It it brings up kind of a good question when we're dealing with music overall. Do you hate this song? It's funny because I was going to ask. A, I was going to ask a question that's kind of along the similar. A similar. So I'll answer your question. I'll let you answer, it, and then I'll ask you my question. Okay. No, I don't hate the song. I don't either. It is. It's an earworm. It's a little bit annoying, but I mean, if it comes on, I'm not turning it off. Right. 
So this song treads a fine line that I think, and the reason that so many people go, I hate that song, is because it treads that line. And it goes across music genres. It's this thing called the crossover. Okay. Okay. It is not hard enough for the metal bands and not pop enough for the pop fans. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of, if you pay attention to it, it's got all the elements of a pop song, but at the same time, it's got the tropes, the hard rock guitar, the big old drums, you know, the, the, the ridden bass. The, it does have a galloping bass. It, all the things that, that, that show up in a metal song, and especially at the time, 1986, you're either going one direction or the other. Either you're going full-on hair metal or you're going full-on pop, and this song rides right down the middle. And when that happens, people tend to kind of turn their noses up at it, even if it's an earworm, even if it's catchy, even if it goes up in the charts. So, Mike, I was waiting for you to use this term, but you didn't. Um I, I like everything you had to say. I think that you're true, uh, that you're correct. Um, I'm I, always true to you, Mark. <laughs> you're so true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it definitely kind of rides that line, but I think a lot of metal in the 80s did. Hmm. Um, and this was definitely a time of kind of like the, you know, the one of the beginning bands of this hair metal, you know, influx. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is going to be, and I was waiting for you to use this term. How do you feel about the idea of the guilty pleasure? <clears throat> there was a time when it was a terrible, terrible thing. Of course, as time gets short and you don't have much of it anymore, uh, you have to fill your life with little things that make you happy when you get to the point that we're at, I think. And I don't have... <coughs> I don't have anything against guilty pleasures anymore. I don't. And if you're going to call this song a guilty pleasure, I get it. It's not one that I'm... I don't really kind of put this in that category, though. Right. Because I'm not going out of my way to listen to it. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I've i become... I You know, there have, you know, there have been various memes and posts on Facebook, etc. Where does one end and the other begin sometimes? But I, I've really started to kind of eschew the the term guilty pleasure like out of your life yeah okay i i I, uh i i i the older i get if it makes you happy it can't be that bad Mm. if it makes you happy then why the hell are you so sad right um you know like if you like something i've always wanted to look deep in your eyes and call you cheryl (laughs) please do um can you do that again cheryl oh yeah yeah that does it for me. It moved. I didn't. I didn't know that was a kink I had. Uh-huh. Um, boof! <laughs> you hear what there you did to is. me? Look what I did. <laughs> Just had a burp what up. What he did to him? <laughs> um, yeah, I've really started to kind of be like, "Fuck that!" If I like something, I like it. Yeah, I don't feel guilty for liking yeah. something. And you know, I guess this kind of goes like hand in hand with some of the conversation we were having last week about, or two weeks ago, about like whether or not a song is written for you. Um. You know, if you if you like something that isn't necessarily made for you, who gives a fuck? And, you know, I think both of us probably in our youth had a certain amount of like, well, I'm too indie for X, Y or Z. Always looking for that credibility badge. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, I can't like this. I can't like that. 
Dude, Baby by Justin Bieber is a fucking jam. Uh, you've this is something that you've brought up, yeah, not on the show, but in life. In like, life, uh, yeah. Where I'm not a huge it's a catchy fan song. of it. Yeah, I do get it. It's a catchy song. Yeah. I'm just once again not going out of my way to listen to it. It's not one. There are others like that that uh, that other people completely laugh at. That I just I, I, maybe I'm not secure enough to mention it. Well, this and I time. mean, yeah. yeah, and I mean not to uh, like make this be along lines of of sex, but like. When you get married and you're around a, a woman that has maybe a different style oh, of music yeah, okay. that you like, and when you have a kid, yeah. you start being forced out of what you would normally put on. That's Mariah Carey. Right. For me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my wife loves Mariah Carey. Never thought to listen to her when I was younger. Now we listen to her all the time. Right. Yeah. So it happens. Um, <coughs> okay, Mark, before we get there, before oof. we get there. No, no, no. This is important. So if you've ever turned on the internet at any time and seen, I don't know, maybe a hundred um, Scandinavian looking people standing on a platform a la We Are The World and they're all singing and kind of uh, doing this song that looks like one of those, you know, fundraising things like We Are The World or what's the other one? Uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? Oh boy. You know, another one like that. It's, it, it's a song uh, by a, a project called Swedish Metal Aid, and it's the song is called "Give a Helping Hand." Oh, it is one of the. F- it, I'm I'm probably gonna have to put it on. I'm going to put it on the Facebook Facebook page. Make me make me re- remind me to do that. I'm gonna put a reminder to do it. Okay. It is one of the worst things. Now this is bad. It is one of the most terrible things you will ever both see and hear. And that song, Give a Helping Hand, was brought to you by none other than Joey Tempest. Oh, he really? wrote those awful lyrics. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to play it for Mark after we're done. I'm going to put it on the Facebook pa- page. Please look for it. It is, there is a hilarity in its awful that rivals any MST3K movie out there. It is absolutely atrocious and totally laugh-worthy. And they are, yes, taking themselves very Scandinavian serious. Oh. And uh, and it is just a riot to watch. Thank you, Joey. I do want to say thank you to him for that. Frightening. Mark, I'm going to ask you, what's your creep factor? Well, on hold on. Okay. Your your man. I'm getting yeah. railroaded over You're here. You're right. You are. We're going all over the place. Come on, Cheryl. Just a couple of other things I want to mention. Uh, in the music video, there are various helicopter shots mixed with the indoor footage. <laughs> After spending lots of time getting the authorization, a police helicopter was supplied, and Europe 86 was painted on the roof of the concert venue. When the director and his cameraman flew over the venue to get the shot, it was too early, so there was no crowd. The pilot offered a solution, fly to Stockholm, grab some coffee, then come back to get the shot. Uh, The director said we went around the uh, clock tower a couple of times so we could film that and just landed in a quiet local square. All these guys were sitting there, bent doubled, watching this helicopter land. We get out, he looks. He locks up the helicopter, we walk across to get cappuccinos. A couple minutes later, he says, there should be people there now, let's go. We talk off again and got the shots that you see in the beginning of the video. <laughs> Pretty awesome that they just like fucking flew to Stockholm in a fucking police helicopter. I mean, it is, but Mark, uh, went around the clock tower, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's a Swedish colloquialism for 69 in a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I should yes, have known. Yes. The last thing I will mention, because I think it's very, very funny in the music video, in the very beginning, there is, a, is it's a minute and 20 seconds, basically, until there's any singing. And in the beginning, they forever. go very close up on Joey Tempest doing um, 
the little uh, the little ooze in yeah, the beginning. Those puckered lips. And it, it says on Song Facts, at this point in the video, there's a close-up of a shop, a shot of... At this point in the video, there's a close-up shot of Tempest singing it. Extended ooze don't look very rock and roll on camera since you have to parse your lips and sing softly. Tempest hated this shot, telling director Nick Morris that it was, quote, too girly. The record company loved it, though, and decided to use it. Hey, man, that shit worked in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, they, look, they look happy, though. This, Mark, Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're living it up. I, yeah. They're in their home country doing a song with a bunch of people that fucking adore them. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. And then, you know, obviously they got huge in the world. This uh, the song was used on Arrested Development, as we know, oh. uh, constantly. It was used in a Geico commercial. Yes, it was. Uh, it was used uh, on uh, Chuck. It was used on Glee. It was used on Gotham. It was used in Pitch Perfect. And used in every sporting event in yes. the last tw- 30 years. I mean, you hear it on just about every network. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Creep Factor 0.2. I, that's exactly what I was going to give it. I almost, exactly. it's almost, it's, it almost my, has my first negative score <laughs> because this person seems so fucking dumb that it's almost like they're incapable of doing anything creepy. It's almost like this band doesn't know how to look deep into the camera and hump the air. It's Dead like behind they, the eyes. Uh, yeah, there's, 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 uh, there's none. There's quite literally no creep factor to this in the video or the song. It's amazing. Yeah. So I was you're exactly right. I was going to give it a 0.2. Yeah. Um all right. Next up, fuck it. We're doing it. What? Next up we're going to do Asia. Oh no. Heat of the moment. Are we really? Yeah, why not? Ah! Yes. I mean, we talked about it. We just did Europe. Let's do fucking Asia, Absolutely. Man. All right. Who gives a shit? Now I love this song. Guilty pleasure my ass. <laughs> I love this goddamn song. It's so good. I hate. Really? I hate this song. This is going to be great. I hate this, this song. This is going to be so good. What a fucking giant cheese fluff. God, oh, it's awful. Good. Give me the cheese. Yeah. Cheese uh, is the one thing that's indestructible. How much is your Blue Cross deductible? <laughs> what do you have to say to, to close us out here? Mark. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be going on the Facebook very, very soon to put up the Give a Helping Hand video. Please, please be watching for that. That's going to happen. Uh, enjoy that. Show it to your friends. Say these two guys in Cape Coral, Florida talked about this cheesy ass video while they were talking about a somewhat cheesy ass song uh, and the cheesy ass lyrics that went along with it. So if you want all that cheese and all that ass brought into your life and in the life of your friends, please bring it up. Look on the Instagram. Look on the Facebook page. Enjoy yourself, motherfucker. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you as we get uh, balls deep into 2024. Uh, I hope that you all are having a successful January so far. Uh, we look forward to uh, being uh, in your speakers, your in your headphones, in your ears. In your head. Uh, we will be back next Monday with another episode of Lyrics to Go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>